Welcome to the See Through Design podcast, where we have an open and honest conversation about design. Hosted by myself, Casper Samano. And myself, Liam Jackson. Welcome to the See Through Design podcast with me, Kaz. And myself, Liam. And today we're lucky and fortunate to have a guest with us. Um, that's right, it's our second guest now, and he is a good friend of mine. Um, he might not Wait, admit it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I've known this guy for a long time, and, and actually I was on his podcast uh, a few weeks ago, um, to which he, at the end of it, said, oh, if you ever want me to come onto your podcast, just give us a shout. So I thought, just before that kind of, like, you know, he, he, he loses interest and... Um, pretends he never heard that I thought I'd better get him on quite quickly and uh and sort of take advantage of his offer so um he's offering to do it for free as well which is brilliant <laughs> this is sounds like I'm desperate <laughs> yeah, I, I asked you to be on your podcast and yeah, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and before the uh, 25th episode as well <laughs> I know yeah episode. didn't even do the didn't even do the cutoff <laughs> yeah, so um, this is really a, it's a real pleasure to have Alex Curtis on the show today. So a bit about Alex, um, and I'm hopefully he can kind of go into a bit more detail. But uh, from a past life, me and him worked together for a long time. For, it must have been about three years, and then we've known each other for, uh, for ten. So um, yeah, I think that's about right, isn't it? That is about right. Yeah, that is yeah that is mental. Is that say like ten years? God. It's probably more than that, is it? it it's probably more than that, absolutely. And uh, I've been the friend, the bane of your life, and all sorts of other, <laughs> other, other things throughout that time, haven't I? <laughs> and then, and then Liam. Go well, on. we met. We met at Upreneur, didn't we, Alex? That's right. Probably, was it 2018? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So, so yeah, hanging out with you, Haley, Ian, Padgett, Haley yeah. Akins from Motion Hatch. Absolutely. So yeah, I think I think that might have even been before I met Kaz. It was absolutely. Yeah, you guys had known each other for a while. I think as before, and I think it was just random. I think we had all linked up on a. I think we we're on Logo Geek um, uh, community on Facebook, and uh, sort of. I think I was just looking at something that Ian had posted, and then um, noticed that Alex had liked it and said, "Hey," and I was like, "What? These guys know each other as well," and then it kind of just became really one of those moments of oh it's such a small world it is a small yeah. world um but uh yeah so we're all kind of in the circle <laughs> I'm not the sure design the, what what don't know what the circle is is it the magic one or um yeah. it's a... it's it's i don't know what kind of circle it, yeah it's the magic circle yeah we were all kind of magicians at what we do how about that <laughs> Can I say that? We'll go, we'll go with that. Almost, almost as cringe as the pause between uh, you saying, oh, I'm Kaz and I'm Liam, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we can edit that out. You, know. you can, yeah. yeah. So I, I, no, I, I'm not I, now. Because we'll, we'll, we'll no, need, we'll need to have, You need keep that it in now. We'll, for that to land, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So um, we're keeping that in now, uh, Liam. That's get saved you a job as well, hasn't it? Perfect. We'll just send it out straight away after this. We'll just... Absolutely. Hit yeah. publish and go. That's how it should be, though, shouldn't it? That's, that's we're we're, we're professionals. We just <laughs> yeah. get in, do the job, get out, and uh, crack on with the rest of the day, signing autographs and meeting our fan base. <laughs> I guess we should actually ask Alex some questions then. I was going to say, yeah, what am I, I was going to say, what am I here for? Like, 
Oh, yeah, no, exactly. We could we could start asking Alex some questions. Why not? He he does have um, a very knowledgeable uh, um, <laughs> brain, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, we obviously met in. Uh, we used to work at an agency in in Peterborough, and then I left there. Went sort of doing freelance, sort of meandering around. I was working for some uh, some people from Norway for a bit or something were they Norway or Finland or something um doing like everything for everyone when it comes to digital marketing I think everyone sort of falls into that trap of trying to trying to do everything and then yeah it spent ages like at the one point I was sort of billing nine day rates a week and trying to fit that into six days like killing myself doing uh doing like freelancing and um yeah, then I met met my mentor, so that was a big thing for me. A guy called Mike Green. He did Channel Four's um, Secret Millionaire. Um, taught me a lot about sort of business. Started listening to, you know, we mentioned the uh, Upreneur thing. Started listening to Chris Ducker's podcast, and then um, sort of started thinking like I've got to start using my personal brand. Got to really sort of identify who my client is. And um, start creating content. And after doing those, you know, things have kind of snowballed a lot. So our business now, we we specialize in um, lead generation marketing for financial services businesses. And I've got my own podcast. Like you say, you've got my own podcast as well. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of kind of about me in a nutshell. Cool. I mean, that, you know, you're... you're career and your journey so far kind of touches on so many different things in regards to um topics i mean we had a podcast out mm. last week on niching and we spoke about um you know things like you know you, you've kind of niched mm-hmm. so there's a discussion there you've um you generate leads for it for a sector so there's almost a discussion around that as well you know and how the graphic design industry you know what things freelancers can do in order to kind of generate leads and um how how best you know sort of best practice in certain areas so there's so many things that we can ask you and and, and also freelancing because you know that's something that um obviously designers do a lot we're all mainly freelancers in our little community uh, me, me and Liam are, and um you know, mentioned about that kind of day rate and having to do everything yourself and invoicing nine days, nine days when you're, you know, in trying to get six, mm. nine days work done in six days, if you like. Um, uh, so it's, you know, it's quite, it's quite uh, stressful and you've sort of scaled niched and set up a personal brand, mm. which is another thing that you've done. Um, and you found that this has been absolutely the best thing that you've done, isn't it really? I guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah, so many things that sort of probably learned the hard way. But yeah, if I think how sort of like I'm I'm going to finish at five o'clock today, sort of taking for granted that I'm I'm I'll finish at five and I get have the weekend off, like stuff like that is that I take I absolutely take for granted now. But I remember when I was freelancing, yeah, I'd be working up like there was what so there's one client that I was when if I have a bad day, there's a client that Andrea always my partner Andrea reminds me of she was. She's like, yeah, it's bad, but it's not Daisy's dreams. And Daisy's dreams were a um they got a big like Amazon store. So they sell like duvets and stuff like that and sell loads of it. And they wanted to get their own website. 
And I was up till like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, doing data entry, sorting out their inventory for this software thing. And I was like, you know, I've been doing like digital marketing for 10 years plus, and I'm doing bloody data entry at one o'clock in the morning. What am I doing wrong? Um, that was like a, so I've gone from from that. And then it was, and it was like clients, I had clients I didn't like as well. The big thing for me, I think when Eva was born, I had one day off and then I went straight back to work for clients that I didn't like for money that was rubbish. Um, I just wasn't enjoying it. And I, but I had all this experience and it was like, I was like, when I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking it's not the best, the designer with the best portfolio doesn't get the, the best work or the happiest life. It's not about the, the experience you've got and the, the quality of work you do. That's not how people buy things. And when you sort of get your head around that and what people are actually looking for and delivering that, then you can have a happier, happier life, sort of grow your business if that's what you want to do. But just sort of you can start working on your terms rather than putting the I think we, we put the client on the pedestal way too much. Um is is definitely yeah, so there's loads of things. <laughs> Scattergun. No, absolutely. And that's kind of like we what we like in, in the way we, we do stuff and, and kind of interview and, and our discussions is they do scattergun all over the place. And I think that's really good because that's how a normal conversation goes sometimes, isn't it, really? Um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I guess there's there's definitely a calmingness to, to kind of knowing that you've um, – but I guess delegated some tasks to you. Now you have a team, you've got a larger team that people are working with. Um, it's, it, it, it sounds like a machine now. Mm. Um, the company is called lead engine. So there is a little bit of a, uh, um, an element of that linking into the, I guess, to the, your day to day, you run like an efficient engine and, I'm, that's what I'm definitely trying to do. That's why I sort of think of it as like a little warehouse, mm. which, I don't know if it depends really how you view. So I'm trying to think about your your guys that listen. A lot of them are designers because they enjoy design. So I suppose this kind of like, do you want a business that is? Do you, I mean, do you enjoy business or do you enjoy designing? Then there'll be two you be two different businesses. So some people will be like the sound of having like a um, a factory of design going out is probably not that appealing for some people. Yeah. I can imagine. But I think that where you get yourself, well, the way you market yourself, where you, where you, I suppose it's you putting yourself in control of who you work with. You, if you get to a point where you choose who you work with, you can always send people away or just refer them elsewhere. I think having that constant flow of inquiries coming in and picking out the ones that you want to work with, whether you've got a team of 10, 20, or whether it's just you, mm. I still think marketing your business, having the inquiries coming in, um that kind of safety net of like being able to be oversubscribed yeah no matter what size your business that's where you want to get to um and then i think as well we the i when so when we worked together yeah i'd been working in like digital marketing for like about 10 years plus so i knew i knew seo i knew ppc i knew how to build websites and i knew my way around photoshop and things like that but when you realize that none of that actually matters uh, in terms of selling a service, mm. then that's when you can 
sort of I think people get too bogged down with like the tactics they're like or oh, how can I how can I get like top of Google if someone searches for a designer in Birmingham or whatever um, but that's just going to get people to your website it's not necessarily going to bring you clients if that kind of makes sense it's it's remembering these people are human beings and they yeah. may not hire you because of your portfolio if you if you speak to a lot of people like why do they use the designer that they use they'll use words like reliable um easy to work with i i i, I it would be rare and it may be like, oh, and, and it's good, good work. And sometimes that, that stuff will be secondary. And I think a lot of designers will, will be really proud of their portfolio, but really gutted to hear that's probably not the reason why. Because as well, you, you guys know that clients don't know good design if it smacked them around the face. Unfortunately not. not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's the case, isn't it? Like they just don't know good design. Like you, when you put your logos into awards and stuff, you'll probably use a revision that didn't get used or you'll probably use a logo that never got used because that's your best work because people don't know good design. So if people don't know good design, it's not going to be good design that wins you the work, is it? It's not going to be the best designer. It's there are other, it's, it's relationships that are the reason that you'll get hired. I know you're quite a big advocate for for the phrase like people buy from people. And I guess that's kind of what you're getting Mm. at, isn't it? Mm. Well, I've got a quote actually that I use in my sort of presentation that I'll, which I think absolutely sums up like why people buy, especially when it comes to services. So shall I, shall I read you that? Yeah, definitely. So, this is from the point of view, um, well, I'll say it and then we'll, we'll talk about it. So if we get a sense that a seller understands and appreciates us and they seem to have our best interest at heart, then we allow their intelligence and dependability to be of service to us. So if we kind of like break that down, if we get a sense that a seller understands and appreciates us, so this is where the, like, the niching comes in. So it kind of like everybody loves a specialist. So if you demonstrate, you understand and appreciate their specific problem. So that's why for me, it's worked. I, I, I sell more because my potential clients know that I understand and appreciate them because I, I only work with them and their industry is really quite specific. But it doesn't have to be industry. It could be, it could be you know, I specialize in infographics or whatever. Yeah. If someone's looking for an infographic and that's all you do, you can. it's easy to demonstrate that you understand and appreciate the problem that they've got, if that kind of makes sense. And then like having our best interest at heart. So again, this is where things, this is why I've got a podcast and I create so much content is because I educate, I don't sell. I've never tried to sell anything um, on my podcast. I've done 150 odd episodes. There's never been an advert for the lead engine on there. Or in, in fact, I put people off. We did a, we did a case study episode with some people that done one of our packages. I'll do my best to put people off to set expectations. I think if you educate and don't sell, and then the last thing is, and, and it's like, all of that is easier to do as a person than as a brand, because like Liam said, people buy from people. So if you get your head around that, that's what I believe will help you sell and and get that lead flow. And it's something that, you know, as a as a designer and kind of starting as a freelancer in 2017 and, and kind of having Alex as a friend to kind of help me through those early days, thinking about how I was kind of going to name my business, if you like. There's a lot of designers out there that make a massive, um, I think, a bit of a mistake. And maybe Alex would agree that 
they would then position themselves as something something agency but just be a one-man band if you like and I, I remember going down that road and I think you know if you even look to my website now I haven't updated the content but it's very much as if it's our thing whereas mm. kind of it's fine to do that if you if you actually have a company but I think you always advised me to stay as Kusumano. <laughs> yeah, even if you've got a company. I think, I mean, we've got, we've got what, you know, there's like 10 plus of us now. People, if you ask, they work with Alex. They don't, they don't work with the lead engine. They work with Alex and his, his team. It's still, like, I think I could switch my lead engine website to alexcurtis.com and make it all about me and it'd still be the, still be the same. So I don't think it matters whether you've got a company or not. Like the per, like it's people trust people more than they do companies. I don't think people care the, the of the name, the lead engine, or the company, the lead engine. They care about the people um, that they're going to work with. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's yeah, it's it's like I was speaking to a client today, and she was like, "Look, I trust the process because I trust Alex because I've listened to the podcast for X amount of years." Um, that's that's why it's not about because you, yeah, anything else really it's probably the most important thing so like that like don't be afraid of being being a one-man band be proud of it mm. you that's your your biggest you know there's a there's a million designers out there you are the you are the usp 100 if i if i if you you demonstrate that you understand and appreciate me and let's say i'm a um a marketing manager for a big firm if you all your content is about how you help marketing managers or advice for marketing managers that what they could do on themselves to save costs or whatever, that's you demonstrating that you understand me. If you if the content is right, because you do understand me, if that makes sense, and then your everything you're doing is to help me without you trying to get anything back, then it's you are then demonstrating that you understand and appreciate me. You got my best interests at heart, and then so then I will allow your portfolio and you as a person then to be of service to me if that kind of makes, it makes it easier so that kind of makes sense and that's easier to do as Kaz or as Liam than as Joe Bloggs design agency or whatever mm. like you see some sites and it's you know the person says they're the creative director but they're the only person or or they'll say they're you know they've they act like they've got a team when they haven't and and I don't see the point you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to. No. Big firms will still use like solo contractors. They if you've, you know, if you've got um if you're again you're a, a marketing manager for I don't know, even like someone like Coca-Cola, you still go on YouTube if you you and you find the guy that's got a massive YouTube massive following is like really again just shows that you understand appreciate give out content that you know, you'll be like oh, i want to work with that person over someone else and that may not may not even look at your portfolio just assume that it's it's good yeah you don't need to a personal brand can be bigger and better than a company brand yeah i think we could fall in that trap of just thinking that that people want a company that people want to work with someone big but i actually think that people would rather work with someone they trust than a big agency but always exceptions to a rule i guess mm. But it's like, do you want to work with someone who's impressed by awards and like a big, you know, is that the type of person you really want to work with? I think it's it's, it's thinking about that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
you know, it kind of sat, yeah. I mean, we, I'm listening to you now and, and I think I had a view on the niching episode about the fact that I personally enjoyed being generous because I quite like working on different projects, different, different things. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of being able to have a lot of variety. And I think but what I didn't mention in that episode and, and kind of, I guess, is also the fear aspect of like niching yeah. because I think I could have a number of inquiries, all generalist design work. And again, you know, I'd, I'd love to do them. I love working on logos in different sectors and projects, brochures, all sorts. But if I said to myself, no, this is now, I'm, now I'm going to go down to it, going to a niche. Okay. And that's when I'm going to, I'm going to start turning this stuff down that comes in. How, how do you get, cause I, there's a real mindset shift there, isn't there? I think, how do you, how do you do that in terms of, say, if I'm a client, I contact you, it's not your thing and we're not in mm -hmm. your, you know, and there's a, you know, a, a good chunk of money there. How do you stick to your guns and say, I'm not going to take that work on and, and then kind of not know that you might not have another inquiry to say, fill it, if that makes sense. Well, so, so, so always make sure you know you've got the other inquiry coming. Mm. So it's different. So I'm, I'm in a different stage now because it's, it, it's, it's the the money's got to be worth upsetting the process because we've got the got the processes in place now we we have got this kind of factory-esque process which kind of cheapens it a little bit but we've got anything outside the process is easier to deal with when you're smaller when it is just you it's easy for you to jump out and do something different whereas when there's you've got you know 10 15 people as part of a process it is it's got to be worth it for example. So for me now, it's easier for me to say no, because we've got the waiting list, because we know that there are inquiries coming in. So it's easier for me now, rewind a year or two, then it would be, it would be, you would just take it on because you're like, oh, I'll take, take what I can get. Yeah. So you don't, you don't have to turn it away. Just because your marketing says you specialize in design for pet stores doesn't mean you can't work with plumbers or you know it's not you're not you're, you're niche marketing you're not niching your actual service and then when you're attracting all the pet store owners you you know you say you know I've done a really good job for you do you have you got any other friends who own businesses that would you think that I could help them and then you can grow your referrals that way it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a pet another pet store owner you, you don't you don't you know you me saying we do lead generation for financial services doesn't mean it's illegal for me to work with a um we work with a uh, company that distributes scientific research equipment like it's got nothing to do with it we still work with them it's not illegal just because my website says absolutely financial services but they're 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 a sort of grand granddad client that we've just carried on working with and it's we've got their their process for them uh and it works it works for us so it's it's the the fear I think people have is the, the your fear you're missing out, but you're it's, it's the other way around you're missing out because you're not doing it. <laughs> like I definitely wouldn't have a waiting list in a pandemic if I did everything for everybody. Definitely wouldn't have. No no way. We've got it because we're like, if you're a mortgage firm, a mortgage brokerage, why would you choose anyone else? We positioned ourselves. Why on earth would you choose anyone else? Like there isn't anybody else that, that, and it's easier to do when you pick one type of customer. You got to make sure there's enough of them, for sure. But the 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 reason 
we don't have to worry about where inquiries are coming from now is because we've got that and that's you know easy to say now but there's a bloody lot of work gone in over the last sort of x amount of years to, to do that but we've positioned ourselves why would you choose anyone else they've got they do the um like they sell out conferences for um you know when there's not a pandemic for the industry on, on marketing they've got the the number one podcast all the mortgage networks have approached them about doing webinars. They're now working with the building society to do training for that. Like, so why why would you choose anyone else? It's mental. If you that's what you it's easy to do if you've got one type of customer. And then, you know, if I had not done that, I'd be missing out on all this business we're getting now, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that does definitely. Um it's got me thinking definitely about my niching our eight niching episode and uh some of my thoughts in that and I think even in that episode you was kind of you know I said a few times it's it was it's hard to kind of know what the right and the right thing to do is yeah but and we 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 tested it as well so this is one thing we did um so we had quite a few uh clients in that area already because we had some experience I I had some experience in it so it was it was part of the website and then we we, so we didn't, it wasn't like an overnight thing. We, we started pushing it. We started creating the content for it without officially niching, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't. And then we looked at other areas because I did a lot of work in like sports products marketing, like B2B sports products. So things like um, portable floodlights for football pitches. Um, some, um, I've got them here actually. These things are called recovery boots. A lot of the Premiership footballers use these recovery boots things. Yeah, I've seen those. Uh, yeah. Like air conf- yeah, so we, you know, there is things that you can do. You can test it. You can run ads. You know, we use. You can find out how many people search for um, designers for dentists or whatever, or a website designed for dentists. You can see how many people search that, and that can give you a bit of an idea if there's a niche. And you can also Google that. And see if there are any other specialists as well, and if there, you know, is there room for you there? You don't have to do this blind, definitely. Yeah, that's really interesting. But it doesn't have to be an industry as well. It doesn't have to be an industry. It could be like I'm the. It'll be easier for you to be the number one um, packaging designer in the UK than it is for you to be the number one designer in the UK. Mm. It's like Ian Paget, isn't it? He's he's the logo geek. Yeah. So he, yeah. who are you going to get a logo from? Yeah, why would you go anywhere else? Well, you could come to me or yeah, Pairs, absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> there's a plug there. <laughs> yeah, but 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 he that's what he's that's what he's positioning. Yeah, he's built that personal brand. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back to that point when Alex said he's never tried to sell the lead engine in his podcast, and Liam just goes in there straight away, <laughs> yeah. going, "Hey, why don't you use us for a logo?" <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so that's. That's really interesting. It's definitely got me thinking about, you know, the, the, that subject around niching and specialists. And I was just going to say at the end of our niching one, it was, I mean, we always leave things open, but we both said at, at this present time, we're happy being generalists. But um, the stuff you've said has definitely, yeah, it's definitely. You've got to put yourself in the, the buyer's shoes. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's positioning. It's, it's, it's all about positioning you. I like, it's my sales process now is really easy because I've done a lot of the work in the content. We've positioned ourselves in that position that it's now 
it's it's an I've made it a no brainer. I've learned enough about where our pricing needs to be, what the service needs to be, the results that we got for it to be a no brainer. And I, I, you can't do that if you do everything. Do you know what? I, if everything is a custom project, then it's up. But I will I would also say you don't have to niche. You know, there's a lot of people that that haven't not don't ever listen to anyone who says you have to do this if you want a successful business because there's a lot of people that haven't. I have just found for me, I don't think my business would be where it is now if I had not done that. If that makes yeah. sense. Absolutely, and I think as well that that was a point that we we kind of thought about was in the niching one is one of our frustrations where people in the industry telling people that they should do something in order to be successful and I think yeah you don't have to do anything yeah I think that was kind of a bugbear of mine definitely um okay that that definitely does kind of shed some light on that that sort of subject and you know when you said about niching and marketing yourself Mm. whether you're marketing yourself in a niche or you're just you know um being a generalist designer oh that before i come on to that point i wanted to ask your thoughts on would you consider style a niche yeah i think Mm -hmm. so if because well if enough you're a problem solver Mm -hmm. if there's enough people that so like uh (laughs) i don't know why i've thought of this i've been watching um well into interior design at the moment and there was like one it's the alan carr show and one had to do maximalism and what had to do minimalism so let's say there was like people wanted maximalist design or including ge- geometrics and there was enough of people that wanted that i've made these words i may have made these words up and you're all thinking like what on earth are you going on about but as long as there are enough people that want that yeah and they look for that then yeah anything can be like um designer in peterborough could be a niche you know, mm. you could be the, the best designer. In, it's easier to be the best designer in Peterborough than it is for any anything else. You know, anything can be as long as there's a it's a as long as there's a problem that enough people have that you can be the the go to person for that problem. So you want to be on the tip of the tongues of everyone really that's looking for a service that you offer. Yeah, but then you've got to, you've got to think. You know, when it comes to style, do enough people want that? Do enough people know enough about design? like we said earlier like your clients don't know good design if they were punched in the face with it so the chances of them knowing they want a particular style i th- i'm i'm assuming would be would be quite rare but then you can i suppose distinguish yourself that is a is something to separate you from everyone else with a specific style and if they like that then they they may pick you up but it's a tough one though. i suppose there's no right or wrong you got to you got to try it but i would I would say there's less. I'd, I'd say something like design for dentists is more of a yeah a, a lucrative niche than a, a style based mm-hmm. one. But so yeah, I guess if you're if you're you're sort of niching down into a style or you you want to be known for a style. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about the podcast, the ways that you kind of put content out there to educate the customer. Um, mm-hmm. You're educating them basically about what you do without selling what you do yeah. uh, directly. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to say. I, I think of you as a bit of a 
social media lead generation guru. That's going to go to your head and you're going to love that. <laughs> I haven't um, put anything on social media for like a month. Yeah, I know. I, I guess it's just the understanding of it. Like you un- yeah. you seem to understand. But it's, a bit, it's, not the, it's not understanding social media. It's understanding people. Hmm. It's understanding what people want. Social media is just a mechanism for... Social media is just where people are, but they're still people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if social media wasn't a thing then I would have to go out and do events, but do the same thing at an event. It's, it's the, it's, yeah, I think that it is just like remembering it is, it is a person that you've got to win over and sometimes multiple people because you're maybe they've, they've got a board or, or whatever. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's a very, you know, the, the designers are a dime a dozen and you can go five and get one for five quid. So mm. like yeah. you've got to have something there and trust is a big, a big, big part of it as well. Which is, you know, it is, yeah. So it is, it is people. Um, I'd say like more of our stuff comes from Google because you've got if you get, you know, we're position one for mortgage leads, so that provides a consistent flow of people to our website who are our customer. And 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 how do you get there? I mean, if I said how do you get to position one in Google? Like, mm-hmm. what is the strategy that you'd put in place if I was a designer, which I am, <laughs> if I was, I am a designer. <laughs> I'm a designer looking to get to position one on Google. Um, I'm a designer that's looking to uh, get, uh, you know, I dare I say it, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not too fussed about it, but I know a lot of designers are. I want, you mm-hmm. know, X amount of followers on Instagram and X amount of followers on Facebook and people and, and, and adverts. What do I need to invest? What do I, you know? Well, the followers is just nonsense because that's that's not what you you want you want clients not followers and likes and things i've never been interested in how many people follow me um so like it's it's you know it's more like is it do so in terms of going to the google thing do um so i'm just having a look at um sort of graphic should i say web design or graphic design peterborough because i mean peterborough you've got like google maps on there so that's like one of the quickest wins is getting on Google Maps. Um, so having a Google My Business uh, account set up. Um, and then just look at... So I've gone for Web Designers Peterborough. And there's a company being featured at the top of the map. So I've got no reviews, uh, yeah. like, at all. So um, you've got Echo, who have got 116. And you've got Branch, they've got 21 reviews. So it's not super competitive for Peterborough, for example. Right, yeah. To get on Google Maps and you people clicking on the websites there, that doesn't cost you um, anything at all. So having the Google My Business app on your phone, um, there's a um, getting all that set up and uh, everything, you know, getting that registered, that's great, easy, easy to do. But just using the tools that are in Google My Business, so there's like a posting function. Um, so it's 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 like posting on social media. I mean, no one's going to see it, which is weird. But it's, it's you signaling to Google, I have a business at this address, and we are still trading. And not right. many people do that. So it's kind of that is one thing that can help you get featured on Google Maps, uh, as well as getting regular reviews. Um, but it's not the the total number of reviews, as you see. Uh, from this one that this guy's got none at all, but they have been in business for seven years. So there's, there's a number of different factors. That's like a quick-ish win if you were to post like once a week, get in the habit of doing that, hooking that up to your website. 
But then it's like content. It's kind of like Google is Q&A. So it's like, what do people search for uh, online? So I'm just going to do a quick little little check on here when it comes to design. And this will give you a bit of an idea of, um, let's have a look. Should I do web designers? That kind of stuff. Do you have web designers or is it graphic designers or what? Yeah, yeah, we've got web graphics, um, logo design, Peterborough. So web design, there's 135,000 searches a month in the UK, like nationally. So 135,000 people looking for web design uh, in the UK. Right. Um, so you've got, so, but then if you go to like the questions, let's have a look. Uh, so there is, yeah, Ooh, there's a lot of stuff. All right, so what does a web designer do? 140 people a month search, what does a web designer do? So that's a bit of content there, creating a bit of content answering that question, Google's Q&A. Um, how much does web design cost? You know, a bit of a hard one to answer, but again, you know, there's, there's another 90 people searching that a month, and we got our SEO software gives us difficulty. So this is um, how much does web design cost UK? It's 60 out of uh, out of 100 which makes it fairly, fairly easy to get a site on position one for that. The only thing I'd say is, is, is do you want to work with someone that's that cost conscious is, is the only thing. So it was bearing yeah, that in mind. But um, how, a lot of this is about actual how to teach web design and stuff like, um, like that. But essentially, it's like finding the questions for, for it. Let's have a look at like, it's, if you think of Google as Q&A, is, have you got a page that what's Google's looking for the best page on the internet from a trusted source answering that question? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what you're saying is then you'd create blog posts or social media posts, page, whatever it yeah, is, YouTube videos yeah. around, or would it be a landing page or a, a blog? Yeah, kind of. So we do it in pages. So you kind of have these hubs. So that's so. For example, brand logo design. There's two thousand nine hundred searches in the UK each month. So you'd have a page called brand hyphen logo hyphen design, and this would be the top of your hub. And then what we do is because that's like seventy five percent difficulty. So difficult, but not impossible. So you've got three, you know, if you get on page one, you've got mm-hmm. just under 3,000 people searching that a month. And then for brand logo design, you're thinking like what the questions around the brand logo, and these would be like the child pages of your brand logo design page, if that kind of makes sense. So if you think about it as a category mm-hmm. in a shop, the brand logo design would be the category, and then you'd have the other questions would be the products underneath if that kind of makes sense. But they, these are these mm-hmm. are pages, if that kind of makes sense. So if I now go to brand logo or brand, you know, let's say brand logo, see what questions or other pages that I could create. So yeah, you've got cl- uh, cl- car brands, brand logo design, sports brand logos, famous brand. So there's a lot of fashion. So like fashion brand logos would be a page underneath. And there's another sixteen hundred searches for that a month. So you don't have to you don't have to niche and be a fashion brand logo designer. But if you had that page underneath your brand logo design page, all all your fashion mm. uh, portfolio in there, everything about that there, what you would consider if you got a brief, blah blah blah, and then do the same again for the sports logo one, uh, etc. Like that as as content on your site, and you would have to do 
um, <laughs> how long should brands keep their rainbow logos? So this was obviously when the, um, you know, so it's stuff like that. That, But I imagine the person searching that is probably a marketing manager for a big company. So it's thinking about who's made, yeah. although it feels like a funny search, you know, what can you pick up and get those right people in? And then if they go in there, find your podcast, your YouTube video, start following you, when the contract is up for their current designer, would they then come to you? If that kind of makes sense. It's really good. Yeah, really good. And uh, I think this is like gold dust, really. I mean, yeah. I didn't even know there was a Google My Business app and I've just downloaded it as oh, we've been speaking. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So that is your, that's the one thing we teach the mortgage brokers. It's the only, it's not really a quick win, but if there was a quick win, it's the only one you can do because often you do, it, what we found originally, like a couple of years ago, before I started teaching people it in the industry, you would, all you had to do was the posting once a week and you'd get on, in within about four to six weeks so if no one's doing it in the design world it may may be a case of you start posting out in four to six weeks you might find yourself on there um but things like the consistent reviews having the content on there you just got to do more than everyone else it's it's an algorithm yeah you're not trying to cheat it you're trying to please it and the, the long game i guess you know these you said there's not really a quick win but this potentially is a quicker win than, than yeah. maybe trying to you know get an seo rich mm-hmm. Yeah. website which i guess is a you need to be committed to that for a, a long period of time you need to be committed to like helping people whether it benefits you or not mm. coming back to that and that's the only way you you know if we get a sense that a seller understands and appreciates us and they seem to have our best interest at heart that you've got to like not care about what's in it for you if you you keep thinking about oh, what's in it for me i need quick wins i need you'll never yeah. you, subconsciously it will come across in your content that it won't be genuine. So you've got to, it's really hard to do. And I, I can't remember when I did it or how I did it, but now I don't care. When I, when someone asked me to do a webinar, I've been asked a couple of times by a few mortgage networks, I don't care whether I'm going to get anything out of it. So then I go into it, just giving as much value as possible and helping as much people as possible, whether they use us or not. And then in return, I get the inquiries but i don't expect it and i don't do it for that yeah so then when i go in and i deliver the content i'm not trying to get anything out of it and then that's when i come across that i understand and appreciate them and i've got their best interests at heart because i genuinely have you can't fake that so you can't be thinking about shortcuts and quick wins because it's just it doesn't it's even if you use so google ads is a quick win but then the content has still got uh, you've still got to uh, prove yourself, mm. um, and you can't. There's no, there is no, there isn't. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd be on a yacht. I'd be on a, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, there, there isn't. So, like, just that. If you can get that, somehow get that mindset where I don't care how much I sell, which is such a ridiculously naive thing to do. But if you can, that's when you will. That's when you will, definitely. I think like you say, it's the long game, isn't it? So yeah. if you're in those people's minds, yeah. you know, they might not use you now, but six months a year. Yeah. Um, hopefully you could be top of mind and it's just about building those relationships. Yeah. And not just be remembered, not just be remembered, be remembered for the right reason as well, that you will be a nice person to work with, you'll be reliable, you'll you really wanna help them. You know, be remembered for the right thing, not just remember the name, 
but rem- be remembered for the right things, not just yeah. being a designer. That's all. I mean, I'm I'm looking at our questions that we had written down for you, and how how amazing it is that you've organically answered pretty much. <laughs> you know, we've got questions written down here to be completely transparent. Growing a business, and you've you've talked to us about growing your business. Um, uh, how can graphic designers gener- generate leads? You know, okay, I did answer that. I asked that. Sorry, and you and you and you elaborated, but um, you spoke about youpreneur and and sort of personal branding and and kind of being that go-to person of value you care about the service that you're delivering you're not looking to go out there and just get something and and always have an ulterior motive to your to the way you do things um Mm -hmm. you you know from sort of knowing you all these years um and it's another i'm gonna say it i'm gonna hate saying it but Go on, you're just going to go to your head, and it's going. No, no, absolutely. I, I admire you as a person in business. I think you're a true entrepreneur. Um, I love you as a friend, anyway. But uh, you know, what steps, what things did you read? People did you follow? Books that you would advise or kind of look into that you would say have been mm. game changers in your development as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, and essentially as an agency owner. Yeah, no, really, really good question. I think, well, one book that you should definitely all read, I think, Built to Sell, because it is actually, um, if you, I don't know if you guys have read it, but it is actually the person, so it's it's a business book, and it's about, all right. um, it is actually about a designer, a logo designer business. So it's, it's, it's written as a story, but it's a business book teaching you how to build a business to sell whether you want to sell it or not if that kind of makes sense yeah mm-hmm. uh, so i don't know if you guys have have you have you guys heard of that one no i've not i've not heard of that or read that no who who's the author alex uh really great question um so i'm going to stall for a second as hmm. i google it um uh so john john warrill warrillow and there's some blue trainers on the cover. Yeah, really interesting. The way it's written, obviously, it's quite cool because it's a story. But it's a, it's a guy it's sort of similar to how I was. Really, like, had this agency where he was really stressed. He wasn't making any money. He was, like, just not enjoying his business. And he, he made logo design. Um, and he was doing everything for everyone. And then, he, and then he was like, right, we're just doing logos. And he almost made it factory-esque in terms of the way he sold, did his sales mm-hmm. and everything really good whether you want to sell your business or not it's a really great way to structure it so that was that was really really good um and i think mike green yeah when he was at the um the business center so i got to go and see him every thursday and he's like no nonsense like in terms of like he helped me like sack those clients I was talking about at the beginning that i didn't like and weren't paying enough and everything mm. i never would have thought to sack a client before like you just you you don't sack clients, do you? You absolutely need to. He always talks about it like cutting off your tail. Um, you've got to like every every few years you outgrow your clients. You got you got to cut them out. Um, so it was like really, and then standing up for yourself. And I remember there was like a guy, a client who was um, I was stood behind him in the. He was in the same business center. I stood behind him and he was buying his lunch and his. Um, bank card declined and then he got all his credit cards out and they all declined and this was like for four or five pound lunch and he owed us 
a bit of money and they were saying, oh, I feel bad chasing it. But he was like, well, that, that person's taking food out of your daughter's mouth. Yeah. And I was like, I never thought of it that way. And then, and then I felt awful about it, but I was like, look, he agreed, you know, it's not my fault. He's got those sort of problems. We've invoiced it. We've done the work. It's costing me. Why am I paying for it? Why is he taking, you know, so it's real harsh. Mm. Like it's actually quite horrible saying it, but it's like business. So having that, you obviously talked earlier about like having people's best interests at heart, but obviously not letting people take the, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, not you, not letting people take, not that taking the pierces as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> like, um, but yeah, being really strong, like, and if you agree something, you agree something, and then if you let things like that slide, like payments and things like that, um, we we take all our payments up front, beginning of the month. We use go card list; it's all automated, sorting stuff like that, cash flow like that out um some really strong lessons so yeah mike green's got a book um failure breeds success really good book i have a signed copy actually I also have you got my signed copy no he's actually <laughs> signed it to me he actually <laughs> said two cas <laughs> oh nice yeah yeah that's a really good book as well and then i just got i mean i had a call with him the other day so um he's been he's been huge just in terms yeah. of that you know being being strong which i think we're naturally we sort of put the client on a pedestal so having that like actually i'm not going to take any bs so i've got that side where i'm like i want to help as many people as possible but mm. if, if we start in a business relationship and we agree something then you have to you have to pay for that yeah you know so, so having that so you know, you've got to have that you can't just be a complete pushover um and Chris Ducker's, you know, the Upreneur thing. I remember clear as day the first time he said, there's no B to B, there's no B to C, there is only P to P. Um, yeah. That was that was huge. Um, and then I don't know how much time we've got because I've got a, no, no, absolutely. a, a random story. So Go for it, yeah. There was all these, so like there was this point where I watched Batman Begins and all of these lessons all came into place from uh, watching that film because there was like um i'll try to remember all the quotes there's obviously like why do we fall to pick ourselves up again so you know i was afraid of you know doing all the stuff that chris has said and mike has said because i was afraid of failure but it was like it was kind of like oh actually you know and failure breeds success the book i was kind of like yeah man that's all right okay and then it was like him saying um uh, it was Liam Neeson says, if you become more than just a man, you'll become something else entirely. And this was like, actually, I was thinking, like, if I, if I become this kind of position myself as this kind of expert, and then become more than just me sitting in my room on my own, then I, and then it's kind of hard to explain, but I was kind of like, I've become, I've become more than what I was just through content and the podcast and everything you, you you kind of elevate yourself and people put start putting you on a pedestal because you've got a podcast it's mental and uh, so and that kind of fell into place as well uh and then what was the other the, what was the other quote it was um oh, i've watched it for ages I've, I've got a whole presentation on how batman changed my life i, I remember i remember yeah i remember seeing the presentation um, 
you had a whole host of quotes, and I, I believe you're sitting on a Batman chair, aren't you? It's not who I am underneath. Yeah, I am <laughs> sitting on a Batman chair. Um, and I've got, and my podcast is called Advisors Assemble. I know it's Marvel, but uh, the, the other one, I, it's not who I am underneath. It's what I do that defines me. And it was kind of like, so I remember missing out on a dentist website. They went with the dentist um, specialist website designer. Um, so it was like, it was, and I was kind of like, it's what I do that defines me. It was kind of like, A, my specialism, but also creating that, pushing stuff out there, showing people what I do. So it wasn't me and my 10 years experience at the time that was important. So it wasn't who I am underneath, it was what I do. And it's kind of like, I remember hearing these quotes and these little, all this thing that I learned, it all sort of triggered. And if it, it was the night after watching that, film that I started putting all these things into place. So I just find it a bit weird. And that's why, yeah, I have a Batman chair uh, and I've kind of adopted this kind of, I mean, I'm known in my community <laughs> as the guy that loves Batman. It's mental. I kind of can, I, I kind of can relate. I, I almost think that's how, you know, Italians must feel when they watch Rocky. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's weird, isn't it? You how know, you... or how I feel where definitely, you know, and you pumped and the next thing you know, you just want to yeah. go out and beat out, beat up all the bad guys. You want to go and beat out Club of Lang and stuff like that. You know, it's. Um... Absolutely. And then um, with Mike was talking to me of like, he, uh, Mike Green always used like affirmations. So he was like, he would always in his head when he's in the taxi, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. And my one was um, uh, in my head, I'd be like, I'm Bruce Wayne, I'm the Batman, I'm Bruce Wayne, I'm the Batman. It gave me so much confidence. Yeah. Um, I don't know um, if you went to the last Dupreneur where you had Todd Herman did um, the alter ego effects. No, I didn't know. Um, Oh, okay. So this was this really helped. So I was doing this without realizing it. Like, so the we've talked about creating content and things like that, and not really talked about the fear of doing that. A lot of people are afraid to do a video because it's like awkward and afraid to show your skills, especially in something like design, where you're probably worried that other designers will be like, "Oh, that's rubbish." Yeah. So, like, you've got to. Um, he has this like he calls it the alter ego effect, and he teaches sports people to become like this character when you're doing it. So when I was doing like live videos or I was on someone's podcast, I'd always be like in my head, I'm Bruce Wayne, I'm the Batman, I'm Bruce Wayne, I'm the Batman. And sort of become this, create this alter ego to do the content, if that makes sense, which yeah. doesn't make me sound too much like a weirdo. Um, <laughs> really, so that's a really good book. If you're sort of worried about doing content or public speaking or getting yourself out there, the alter ego effect by... Todd Herman, there's some like really interesting stories like NBA basketball players that will in the you'll see them in the break, they'll use the towel to clean their face, but it's they're imagining they're putting their Spider-Man mask okay. on. So they're imagining like when they're out on the court that they are Spider-Man and it gives them this extra edge. It's mental. I mean, we're gonna put links, I think, in the on our Instagram post with links to these books that you've mentioned, because they sound like really interesting and and kind of a little bit probably more than what other designers are advising other designers to go yeah. and buy and read um, because they're you know maybe more business led generic mm. or or more, more life life um, lessons led if that makes sense yeah I suppose no one's I suppose no one's sort of said about build to sell with it being literally about a, de- yeah. a design they may have I mean I, I, it's, it's not one that I've I've come across but um, I haven't either so yeah but we'll definitely put that in oh. the in the comments so that people can go and find it and feel free to obviously 
feedback what they felt about the uh, books if they read them. So that's good. Um, I mean, we've got a couple of questions and I mean, I, I know it's five o'clock, but are you right for us to just answer, ask these? Go for it. I'm enjoying good, myself. Good. I'm you love talk, talking to me. So, um, and Liam. I, I love talking uh, yeah, about I myself. Love talking yeah. about yourself. I, just, I love the sound <laughs> of my own voice. So it's good. Yeah. I'll, I'm here all day. So, Alex owns the lead engine. It's kind of, they do design, they work on web design, don't you? You kind of do branding and, and you do stuff mm-hmm. for that sector. Um, yeah. And I think it's important because you're, you're not a designer. I mean, I know that you dabble with design, but technically you're not a designer. No, yeah, absolutely. Definitely not trained. We did a, did a module on after, uh, Photoshop at uni and I can work my way around and I've done some stuff. I'm nowhere near your level, absolutely. But you employ designers and you've employed mm-hmm. me in the past as a designer yeah. and I know you use other designers as well. And we're wondering... Yeah what it is you look for as somebody that's going to either one employ a designer and or or, or a freelancer mm-hmm. you kind of touched on it earlier about you know the value and stuff but is there anything in spe- you know sort of specific that you look for when you're working with designers and what you think is good practice for designers when they're working for you Ah, absolutely. So, I mean, this is we we're actually hiring one at the minute, so I should really be thinking about this, but I haven't. <laughs> but um, I think the the portfolio would get you the interview. Um, but what could you want to be noticed? So, like doing something someone else wouldn't. So, it's using um, something like uh, Bonjoro or one of these apps where you can send a video as well. Mm. like I, I would on on the person because we're at the stage now where we do a lot that it's reliability um is going to be is going to be key so like just getting a feel for you as a as a person um i think for me definitely so it's the it's the per it's the absolute the person am i are you going to understand the briefs are you going to are you because like good there's so many good designers so it'll be a lot about communication reliability so how can you prove that Mm. i think and then also just like doing something different like because i'm mega busy if you were to send me a video rather than just the cv then i'll I'll watch that and that i'll remember you because our people remember names and faces uh people remember like faces more than anything else yeah so if you're applying for like a job, do something like video. But even if you're someone's put out a tender, just do more than everyone else. Um, and then just re- remember that the portfolio is, is is not the ultimate reason. You you need to have a good one, obviously. But I guess you know if you've been doing it, you know if this is your passion, you're gonna you know that's gonna. I I suppose the minimum I expect is a good portfolio. Yeah. I expect you know it's you are a, you are a, that you are a designer, so I'm going to expect you're going to be good. So all of them, I'm going to expect they're going to be good. So that's not even on my radar. It's kind of like what you like as a person. Am I am I gonna if I call you up? Is it going to be like pulling teeth? Um, you know all that kind of all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's very transactional. I mean, what's what's good to hear is you know you've not gone price. <laughs> you've not come to you've yeah. not said oh. The cheapest designer that's going, and you know somebody that's uh, um, the wrong on Fiverr. <laughs> yeah, the wrong person is gonna. You know, it's not the clients that you. If your if your LinkedIn tagline is designed from fifty pound or, or something like that, you're going to attract the wrong. If you lead with price, you'll attract people that are bothered about price. 
I think is is yeah. Yeah. Is not everyone is concerned. No. Not everyone wants the cheapest designer. A lot of people want the most efficient. Um, it's exactly, and I think yeah. money is a funny thing. I mean, what two weeks ago? I I think I was working on a project for you, and it taken longer than expected. There was more work involved, mm-hmm. and I was almost like worried about sending you an invoice to say this is actually took a bit longer than maybe what you would expect. I have no, and I have no idea what project you were working on and how long that should have taken. Um, and I, I trust you, so. And I sent you, and I sent you a message, didn't I? I said. Mate, like, oh, you know, this is taking this as this is going to be like, you know, it's going to be a bit of a bigger invoice. And I was a little bit like concerned about that. And I think from what, from listening to you, uh, maybe, you know, because you're mm. a friend and, and that's always going to be a case. But from listening to you, it's like if you're in business and you're a professional and you do the work, you should be paid what you deserve. Absolutely. I expect, yeah, I expect my clients to pay what, you know, are. So I, my, my suppliers, the first people that we pay, I think, although I did get, I do keep getting a reminder from one of your invoices and I wasn't sure if I paid it. <laughs> Normally suppliers are the first people we pay. Um, yeah. So there will, there will be clients that will pay your invoices straight away because the way I see it is if I, if I pay your invoice, like the second that you send it out, if I need a favor or if I need something on a tight deadline, you'd rather do it for me than Absolutely. for someone else. Cause you know, you're going to get paid straight away. There are there will be I won't be the only person that thinks that way. Um, so don't accept late payments, Dyke. You 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 you'll be able to find people that respect your thing, and it is easy because we know each other. But we have built up uh, trust, and you can there are other ways to build up trust. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I, there's certain things when you think about people talking about mates' rates and like mates do give people what they other mates what they deserve you know it's yeah, like don't. you 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 work with people and I've, i don't think our business relationships ever got way of our personal one to be honest and you know i can't ever see that ever happening so no. you know when you're just dealing with people in business and you're dealing with people in the right way i think that's just you just learn to know that that's how yeah. things work <laughs> and uh, yeah absolutely but yeah i think everyone does always think oh with a mate mates right you just just don't do it because it's always more hassle yeah absolutely don't work for free never work for free like we may i mean even now we i had a conversation today because we gave some we, there was a big network wanted 200 websites and i gave a free trial and it's been mm. horrific i wish i never yeah. did um didn't never work for free never do mates rates it's, it's easier said than done but you, you'll always yeah. regret it you'll always regret it they seem to expect more don't they when it's for free i don't know why yeah the people that pay less yes yes there's a oh, there's a bloody instagram post i saw um it was like um the five thousand pounds invoice uh and there's client yeah paid cheers the 500 pound invoice um and there was all these excuses about yeah it was like a whole paragraph <laughs> of stuff it's and true it's true the people that pay the least expect the most um, yeah so true absolutely and that is that is literally that is li- we've got we've got like a package for like startup things a really really sort of cheap one that or it's sort of like a membership if anything some of them some of them are actually really awesome but they are more it's more time consuming than uh, the the clients that pay um a lot more absolutely alex do you have any like any experiences of working with a designer good or bad that maybe would be good stories for other designers to hear. Why do I immediately think there's some bad stories <laughs> that are going to come up about me? <laughs> um, have I got any bad ones about a designer? Um, 
No, I think it's it's difficult because the, the the work that you guys there's no right or wrong, is there? It's not like oh, this is broken. It's mm. uh, it's all about perception, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think good, clear communication and setting expectations and letting people know how much work it is for you to do what you do, I think will get overcome a lot of problems. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I can't think of, I, can you get, cause we have not, not really. I can't, I can't think of a time that, you know, cause you know, I've worked with you as a designer, but I guess, um, I think getting, getting stuff in place before, like we have like a customer charter, that kind of it says what we expect from them, what they can expect from us. So all these things that, you know, like late payments and things like that, try and cover that, you know, get all that stuff out in writing before. So mm. if, if you're starting out, like all the things that if you just finish a project, think about what went wrong here, what could I put in a document? This is what you can expect from working with me. Um, you know, the amount of, you know, if you want more than three revisions, this will cost extra. Yeah, I'll give you a fixed price, but it's you know it will never end if we mm-hmm. don't have something in there. So try and think about all these things you can put up front without sort of scaring them. And I think that some of them will be impressed that you've got this. That yeah. they're like, oh, so these guys have obviously done this a lot before; they know what they're doing. Um, I would, and with with late payments things like that, offer them um, offer them a discount to pay up front. So give them those options. So if they do pay that, there's well, guys, I, I gave you the options. Mm. Uh, and be really strict with that as well, um, like that, because I think late payment is a is a bit of an issue. If you do retainers, use Go Cardless, like and automate it. Hundred um, percent, sort of changed my life. Yeah, and then also invoicing at the start of the month. We used to invoice at the end and put thirty days on it. Now we do at the beginning with, and that's due on that day. And I've never had anyone question it because I put it <laughs> in at the start. Yeah. No one's ever questioned it. That's one thing I take for granted. We used to, you know, we used to be two months behind in payment, and now we've just flipped that on its head, cash flow wise. So sometimes you, what you worry people will say no to, they don't. Yeah. They just, you know, that's the if I want to, and but that all comes back to, I guess, the way we've positioned our business and made it. Why would you work with someone else? So that it gives you the ability to be able to do that. If that makes sense. Absolutely amazing. I've really enjoyed the insight today i mean i know it's almost like the listeners probably think that we've had these conversations before but actually when we talk there's always something new and, and it's not as if the comp we may have discussed business you know last year but so much has changed so that you've, you're actually bringing in to me a, you know a whole world of knowledge that i've not we've not had a discussion about before. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, really, really good insight. And I think it's going to be so valuable for the C3 um, design listeners. Definitely. Good. For real. Well, I've, I've definitely learned some I, stuff as well. So. I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't thank you enough for, you know, kind of taking the time out again and sort of going through this and telling us your story. And we've touched on so many different parts of, you know, subjects niching and uh, um, lead generation personal branding i'm struggling to know how to title this episode but um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, the alex curtis, the alex show. curtis yeah, show yeah i think that's i think that will that will do that will do absolutely yeah. <laughs> dude thanks ever so much mate and again thank you so much um, yeah we look forward to um chatting to you again sometime and um listening to your podcast and yeah yeah just keeping in touch 
I would well one thing I'll probably just say just to just to finish it off if there's yeah. anyone who's like really unhappy in your business at the minute you're really stressing out I've I was definitely there and I mm-hmm. was there for too long because I didn't do anything about it so just make that decision to do something about it and yeah there's all well and good knowing this stuff because I knew all this stuff way before I did it it was doing it like yeah. and just being like quite brave with it because you've got nothing to lose if you're unhappy and stressed out in your job at the minute doing whatever you do you've got to do something about it and the minute you do yeah. then then it'll happen that's great advice yeah, absolutely where can where can people find you alex um you can i was gonna say like you can find you can follow me on linkedin but i i, I don't accept any connections unless they're uh, in the industry um <laughs> instagram probably is my fun area so instagram would be uh where i where i have fun uh, yeah. as my sort of i've got to have one platform where it's not all about work um so i'm just trying to get my my uh my my, my what's it profile ah it's i know it's like i think it's like inst is it bruce wayne at batman dot linkedin something <laughs> no, it's, like, it's like all my all my all my social media things are like not the same so it's like uh so my twitter is tweeter curtis and my insta is insta curtis where there's a dot in there somewhere so i think it's inst dot a curtis or something around that um awesome and that's probably the best one cool and they can go and check out your podcast he's a funny man on this podcast so cool. they can but it'd be there is, but unless you're a mortgage broker, it's probably <laughs> except for the one that we that did on, on on style guide. But yeah, yeah. On design, yeah. Check out Kaz's episode on the Advisors Assemble podcast. The best, best, Absolutely. most successful episode you've done. Yeah, no, debatable. Mm, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> bro, thanks again, buddy. No worries. Thanks for having me. Cheers. I really enjoyed bye that. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 bye.